Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I am Dr. Andrew Scaff. He is Dr. Michael Werman, Esquire. Uh, we're going to talk today about uh, last week's NFL games, uh, preview next week's week 10 for the NFL and provide some some new picks. Uh, we'll talk just a little bit about the World Series since that uh, wrapped up uh, since our last episode. Uh, but we'll kick off today's episode uh, with a question about uh, interesting performances from week nine of the NFL. Mike, which performance did you find more impressive? The 470-yard uh, rookie record uh, for quarterback passing yardage uh, for uh, C.J. Stroud from Houston, uh, or the Josh Dobbs getting traded, becoming a Viking on a Tuesday, being thrust into the game on Sunday, not really knowing the playbook, having never taken a snap from his center, run route, you know, looked at routes for his with his receivers, maybe not even knowing the names of his players, possibly even having his wide receivers tell them what the routes were during the huddles. Uh, which of those two things did you find more impressive? Both incredibly impressive, though, Beats. Yeah. yeah, I think both were impressive. I I guess I found the Josh Dobbs thing more impressive simply because it reminded me a little bit of the Baker Mayfield. So it maybe seems a little less impressive simply because Baker Mayfield did something very similar last year. And also Joshua Dobbs did something very similar this year when he uh, started with the, the Cardinals uh, after being traded very uh, right before the season started from, from the Steelers. Right. Uh, last year he was on the um, Titans and, and made a start, you know, uh, very with, without much preparation time either. So he's been bouncing around a lot and he seems, this is, this seems to be what he's good at absorbing things quickly. But I think this was more impressive simply because he was not expected to start. So he, he was, he would, they, they thought probably, you know, like he wasn't probably immersed in the same way that maybe Baker Mayfield was when he joined the Rams, when they knew he had to start that first game. Mm. Um, also I think Baker Mayfield's better when he doesn't prepare uh, or when somebody doesn't really know what he's going to do. I think he relies on an element of surprise and is pretty good at kind of spitballing things and yeah. uh, just winging it. Uh, I think when te- when he has to prepare more and teams know more what he's going to do, I think he's less effective. Uh, but Dobbs, I think in this case, you know, he wasn't supposed to start. Uh, he uh, That was, um, uh, you know, he came in when uh hill i think jaron yeah when when jaron yeah jaron was jaron hill jaron i remember um and he was uh jaron hall jaron hall oh um, yes okay yeah. when, when jaron hall was uh i guess concussed uh early on and so like in the early you know early in the early to mid uh second uh, first quarter uh he had to come in and and he led uh, the team it was it was a road game it was a a big win i think i think minnesota is maybe a playoff team even without uh justin jefferson for a little while even without kirk cousins maybe yeah. for the rest of the season if dobbs can be I'm sure we actually said that last week even yeah i think we did so this is one of the few times not, where we're correct not no, not even knowing that uh you know dobbs is going to have that performance yeah, so I I I thought Dobbs maybe would come in next week and start, it was, but Jaron Hall, the rookie from BYU, would would be like the spot starter. 
Yeah. And that's what, I guess that's what uh, O'Connell and the coaching staff uh, planned in, in Minnesota. But yeah, Dobbs, I, I found Dobbs's um, kind of impromptu performance a little more impressive because he kind of led, led them on a comeback win and had a, a big offensive day, uh, rushing touchdowns, passing touchdowns. So, like he was, he had a, um, he led the, he led the team in rushing, I think. So it's, um, yeah, dude. 66 yards and seven carries and a touchdown. Yeah, because they the, the Vikings have had a lot of injuries on the offense. Um mm-hmm. and you know, and no it's no Dalvin Cook anymore. So uh can't um yeah, so so it's it's been it's been it's been a it's been an impressive run, especially seeing that they beat, you know, they beat the 49ers. They played the Chiefs pretty tough. You know, they're they had a that was without with Jeff, with Jefferson being shut down basically the entire game against the Chiefs. So you know they've right. been good even without him playing well. So I, I guess that was the most impressive. Although I do think that Stroud's performance was also very impressive. Um, I think he's, yeah. I think if, this is also something we got right. I think before the season started, we both thought. Uh, I think, at least I thought. I think I think you did. You agreed at least uh, that yeah. we thought Stroud was probably the better um, quarterback of Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. Yeah. Like we would, we would, we would yeah. both have taken Stroud number one if we had to pick between those two. We thought maybe I think Anthony Richardson had the most upside, which he still could have. Um, but he we showed don't... flashes of having that upside even really early in the season before he. Yeah, he know, had a Lamar Jackson kind of quality to him, yeah. but. I think Stroud. I, I think maybe at worst he's probably Dak Prescott. It seems like he's 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 not the most flashy, but he makes pretty good decisions. He makes good throws, and he can throw a lot for a lot of yards in the right system. And I, I, I am uh, uh, impressed. And apparently with, has ice. Apparently has ice in his veins. Too. Ice in his veins. No vegetables or whatever. I don't. I didn't understand no what that what that meant. There was a TikTok about. Uh, I don't know who was who was the guy? Oh, I, can't, I don't even remember who it was now. Was it? It was a great. It was a fantastic line, though. Was it Stingley? I think I don't know who it was. Okay. But it was I've, I've got it. I can look it up. Um, but yeah, he he uh, played really well. Um, so maybe while you're looking that up, we'll have a trivia question. So so C.J. Stroud set the record for the most passing yards uh, by a rookie quarterback. Who had the record before C.J. Stroud? C.J. Stroud, as you remember, his name is Coleridge Bernard Stroud the Fourth. So we think it must be Coleridge Junior uh, that C.J. stands for. But um, right, it was another quarterback who. Well, I guess we don't know who C.J. Stroud's father is. Really, I think he's. He was never a professional athlete. Um, this quarterback's father is known for being a sports executive. I'll give you that much. He set the record in 2012. He's no longer in the league, but he was um, a very good quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I got nothing, Mike. He All blank. Played, played, played for Anthony Richardson's old team. Or new or current team, Anthony Richardson. Oh, oh, he's not in the league because of injuries. Well, he retired. He, I know this is Andrew Luck. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's like in injury related, and then retired. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, I think he kind of lost his passion for it. Um, but yeah, Oliver Luck was Andrew Luck's dad, who was the Big Twelve. Right, right, so, right. Okay. Yeah. So how many yards was that though? Was this a destroying of the record or was it close? Four thirty-three. So it was a, it was well, you know, thirty-seven yards over. So I, I, it, it wasn't well, yeah, it was like two yards over or something. So it was significantly yeah. over. Uh, he threw for four hundred thirty-three against Miami in uh, back in twenty twelve. Um, speaking of passing yardage, I have another trivia question for you. So right now, so the, we'll we'll talk about the Chiefs Dolphins matchup in a second. Uh, you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes has had a great season, but he's still number three in the NFL in uh, passing yardage. He's passed for two thousand four hundred and forty-two yards. Um, number one was his opponent last week, and that was Tua. Tagovailoa, who's passed for 2,609 yards. So he's number one in terms of passing yards in the NFL. Who is number two right now in passing yardage? I know the other receiver that has a really high, that's, I think, near uh, the, lead, the leader like in receiving yards uh, is A.J. Brown, I think. Is it Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts is number five right now. He's two, three, four, seven. So about a hundred yards fewer than Mahomes. Ninety-five okay. yards fewer. Um, I'll give you a hint. There's also a bit of a Kansas City connection. Well, like not a player connection really, but a, a coaching connection. Well, that isn't necessarily narrow. <laughs> Is there a lot of uh, like Andy Reid guys elsewhere? But Jacksonville? Ooh, no. Uh, is it? Uh, Lawrence is number 15. He's only thrown uh, from 1935, uh, but he's only had eight games. Thinking of their, you know, their coach was a former. Yeah. Kansas, uh, yeah this, you're, you're probably missing the obvious. This is Eric Bieniemy's current quarterback. Oh. Sam Howell is no, I don't Heineke. How? See, I even like went to the wrong guy immediately too, because like I always forget. Sam Howell is number two. Sam Howell is twenty four hundred and seventy one wow. yards, passing two hundred and seventy four point six yards per game. Um, the leaders would actually be if they all played the same number of games. Uh, Kirk Cousins would be number one, and C.J. Stroud would actually be number three. Okay, passing two hundred eighty three point eight yards per game. Mahomes two seventy one point three. So um, Jared Goff would also be around Mahomes's number if he had another game. So Mahomes has been off uh, in terms of passing yards. In terms of QBR, the ESPN quarterback rating, Mahomes is third behind Josh Allen and Brock Purdy. In terms of passer rating, Mahomes is number eleven at ninety six point seven. So he's under a hundred. So he's not having a great season by his normal stretch, but um, two of the team uh, is still leading the AFC, and yeah, yeah, well, they're still leading the AFC. The number one seed, even though they lost to Denver, they're still the number one seed, and they beat Miami. Um, so they've beaten two of the three division leaders already. Uh, so they have the tiebreaker over. Miami. They have the tiebreaker over um, Jacksonville as well. They haven't mm. played 
um, the anybody uh, from the north yeah anybody from the north yet. But by the time maybe the by the time they play Cincinnati, uh, that could be uh, you know a way for the Chiefs to really hold the tiebreaker advantage over a lot of teams and allow them maybe to lose a game here or there if they had to lose if they lost maybe to Buffalo or to Philadelphia or something like that uh, as the season goes on. So that Cincinnati game might become very important. But maybe before we talk about future Chiefs, what did you, what did you think of the Chiefs game in Frankfurt, Deutschland? Uh, on Zontag. Um, the first half was fantastic. Um, everything looked really good early on. Defense was holding up. Offense had their scripted drive, went straight down and got a touchdown. Uh, and then there was that uh, fantastic uh, defensive strip fumble lateral into the uh, return mm-hmm. for a touchdown for, for Cook. Was I was a little surprised. Plays of the year, do you think? Yeah, it was a great play. I was a little surprised they kept the it, it was not um, overturned by video because it maybe looked like uh, Hill didn't quite have it, but he sort of held on to it. It was a little bit like that Kelsey play from a couple of weeks ago where they said Kelsey fumbled, even though he never really had it. So I guess maybe it was the same standard that was used at least there. Yeah. So I, yeah, he, it, it really was a great play by McDuffie to strip it and then. Um, Mike Edwards, Edwards, to, Mike Edwards to, to see and then make the eye contact with Cook. Cook and then Cook ran probably faster than he's ever run on the football field before. He was the fastest ball carrier of any Chief this year, uh, wow. according to the uh, stat, uh, next gen stats or whatever uh, measurement uh, that uh, that that does it. And he outran, you know, fast Miami players. I think Mostert was on the field. Uh, Hill and Waddle are probably both on the field at the same time. So, like, those are three of the fastest players in the NFL. And and uh, Cook is, I think, a four five nine. I think uh, I saw 40-yard dash time. Maybe his 100-yard dash is a little bit faster. Who knows? But um, Yeah. So, he not faster than his 40, but faster on, on average. Than, uh, per, yeah, per unit of distance. Yeah. But, he, but yeah. he ran amazingly. He ran, like, a track, like a Usain Bolt kind of technique. Uh, right sideline <laughs> and that really that put the Chiefs at 21 nothing and even though they had a terrible second half um Mahomes fumbled it in deep in Chiefs territory Chris Jones had a good another dumb penalty that basically allowed uh, Miami to have a touchdown rather than maybe going for a long field goal yeah they still won by they still won but are you concerned about the way they won they didn't play well at all in the second half they scored zero points in the second half they relied on their defense again what's up with the chiefs do you think that they're teetering on the verge of disaster or are they only be or they or they can only go up from here i mean if if it's the if it's the second one this is a pretty good you know low end expectation of the team uh you know being at six and Seven and two? Seven Six and two. two. Seven and two. Six, seven and two. Yeah. Wait. Yes. Yeah. Seven and two. Buy and, now. Uh, and, you know, going into that into that bye week where, you know, they can, you know, talk about a lot of things and maybe they can straighten out some of the things that isn't that aren't going right. Like maybe some of the, the offensive play calling. Maybe they'll make some changes. I know you had some ideas yeah. about what may have happened based on what you saw. And I think we, from what you've told me, I 
it, I think it makes sense actually. So my theory is like, yeah, that Matt Nagy is the problem. Because uh, Eric Bieniemy, we just saw Eric Bieniemy turning Sam Howell into the second most prolific passer in terms of yardage in the NFL this year, and it seems like probably the first drive is usually scripted ahead of time. That probably has a lot of input, if not a majority of the input, by Andy Reid. And then you think, okay, well, A. Reid says, well, why don't we why don't we turn over the reins? And we've got that touchdown. Let's turn. Let's let's let Matt Nagy uh, carry it for a while. And then, oh, we're not doing so well at the end of the half. Let's have. Uh, you know, more input from uh, Coach Reed. They score a touchdown on that drive. And then they get the, uh, right after that, they get the turnover, uh, fumble return touchdown, lateral uh, re- return by by Cook. So they're up 21-0, but they were up 14-0. Basically, they had two touchdown drives at the very beginning and the very end of the half. And then maybe they think, well, we're up by 21 now. Let's just let Nagy go all the way through because we don't want to show them anything interesting uh, because and they, and then they got, they got a defensive stop on the first drive for Miami and coming out of the second half. And then it's like, okay, well maybe they're just going to start our time right now. Yes. The Andy Reid gentleman home stretch, but I don't know if it was that, or maybe, maybe the problem is just we're letting Nagy do too much. And the one game, the chiefs offense played really, really well was the game against the Bears, and that was Nagy's old team. So maybe if Nagy was the coach, maybe he had an extra edge in that game. Yeah. That sense, and and so like, I don't know what's going on. Like I, we we also before the before the um, before we were on air, we we discovered that Matt Nagy is only a few months older than we are, uh, and that was surprising since you know he's got the shaved head because he's bald. Uh, we all know he's bald. He's just he's not he's not he's not hiding anything. Uh, uh, but you know, so he's he's grayer than even we are. So we, I th- I I thought that maybe he was at least fifty, early fifties. You thought maybe he's fifty five, but he's only yeah, maybe yeah. He's only he's only uh, he's an April nineteen seventy eight birthday. So he's only six months like older than six months older than me. Yeah. Um, I still am a young forty four. Well, you're forty five now. So uh, we have. I have another month uh, of of forty four ness, right. but but still that was um, yeah. But I, I I'm worried that maybe it's play calling. I don't know if it's Nagy, maybe, but also maybe it's the system that's being run is not as innovative. There don't seem to be a lot of easy throws for Mahomes. Yeah, the first drive was pretty easy for him, but. Yeah. After that, like everything was tough, and then they stopped throwing it to the guys that were good in the first half. They stopped throwing it to Tony. They stopped throwing it to Moore. They stopped throwing it to Kelsey. And well, you know, two of those guys had, you know, iffy games the week before, and it was nice to see them getting integrated, you know, back into the offense. Like, oh, we're not worried about you. Here's the ball. Yeah. And they performed well, and it's like, okay, well, now well, this opens so many more doors for the team now that they have, you know, all these different options to go to, and then they didn't seem to go to any of them yeah. in the second half. looked especially good in the first half, I thought. Um, also, yeah. Richie Rice, of course, looks, has, has been showing that he's been maybe the that touchdown pass that he caught after it, tur- it turned out that Watson – did not catch the ball in the end zone. When when they everybody, I, I thought that was probably going to be overturned. Just like, just even just watching it live, I didn't think he caught it. Yeah. But, um, well, you knew who you knew who it was, I guess too, right? So it's like, yeah, oh, he probably dropped it. I don't know. 
I don't know. Yeah, he, Watson is okay every once. Like he's 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 good. He has become to me sort of the Daniel Sorensen on offense. Like he will make a great play every once in a while, but he will not make a good play a lot of the times. Yeah. And I think and I think you notice how bad it is more on defense than you do on offense because the worst thing that can happen usually is a drop pass and it's a and it's a punt rather than a missed coverage and a touchdown for the other team, uh, yeah. which is what Sorensen usually did. Like he'd come up with a great interception or fumble recovery touchdown or something like that, but then he would miss blow a coverage and and allow a touchdown. But yeah, yeah I think yeah. Watson's kind of that guy on offense he'll make a, a spectacular catch here and there but he'll also miss a lot of big plays and seemingly easier plays sometimes too. he didn't really do anything last week to, to, to warrant that like you know that, that was a diving catch that was going to be hard to catch anyway so that wasn't his real fault but like he had that, one other catch that was that was pretty good that got him a first down earlier on i think even but yeah but yeah. Chiefs just couldn't do anything in the second half. And I don't think it was really because of what Miami did, but I think a lot of it is play calling. And I don't know, Mahomes seems a little off this year. And I wonder if it's just that he's getting two very different inputs. Maybe it's Reed sometimes, it's Nagy sometimes, and they don't really mesh very well. I'm not, you know. So I'm worried. I'm a little worried about the offense. The defense has been great i'm worried that you know the defense if they don't play at a kind of all-world level that the chiefs might not do so well so I, i'm i i'm thinking that the chiefs could be in that kind of position where it's only up from here but they also yeah. could be in the position where they're lucky to be where they are and they will regress towards the mean at some other point i just like how it was a few years ago we were you know questioning if the defensive coordinator was good enough to be you know, staying on the team, like maybe they needed to replace him early in the season, even a couple of years ago, because the team's defense was so bad. And this is the same defensive coordinator with like basically all new personnel. And now they look fantastic. So yeah, this is maybe, maybe we don't need to be super hasty about making judgments on Andy Reid's coordinators, but also it's hard not to though, at the same time. Reid does seem to show loyalty to team to like, um to to player or to coaches that maybe longer maybe than they should bob sutton was the uh defensive coordinator before spags uh became one and, and you know maybe he should have been gone a couple of years earlier uh spagnolo maybe though was does things very differently and this might be last year might have been really his first year with all of his guys yeah and now he's real his, his guys his young secondary the young linebacking core the the defensive well, line. Last very... year we could we could see a really big step forward because the team just looked so much faster on defense than they had looked in previous seasons, and and now and now they seem to have made you know another step forward too. Yeah, the defensive line really has been good. You know, Jones has been kind of cold the last few weeks. He's yeah. really he really started out very hot with his new contract, but he hasn't done a lot the last couple of weeks. And and this past week he was more of a negative than a positive with his mm-hmm. penalty. Um, but uh, since the menu has been in, he has really helped a lot. Um, Carl Loftus had been really good. Nadia strong in the middle. Yeah, even even uh, Dana too was pretty good in the yeah. in the middle. Wharton yeah. got a sack last week. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a lot of players. Um, 
uh, Anuke Azama hasn't been playing a ton since I mean, he's been back, but you know, he's yeah. I think was decent while he was um a bigger rotational piece, but yeah, yeah, the line, even with Bolton out and Gay being out recently, uh, the linebacking. Yeah. Core has been good. I think Tranquil has been a really good addition to step really in for up, yeah. And Chanel has made progress this this, yeah. this It seemed like last season Chanel he rushed the passer a lot and almost got sacks, but this year he's yeah. getting quarterback and causing actual disruption rather than kind of almost doing it. So yeah, these have been good. And the corners have it's it's been a defense like at all three levels has been really good. Yeah. And, you know, realistically, that's a much easier place to start from if you're trying to build a championship team is if you have a good defense that is reliable, not that you have to, like, hope that they're going to score defensively so that you can win, but, like, they may actually just contribute so that your offense doesn't have to carry the team. Yeah, if you can hold the other team under 20, um, and they've been well under 20 most of these games, uh, you're you're going to win most of your ballgames, so. Absolutely. And the, and the Chiefs did the um, – they let Miami – like so Miami got to Frankfurt a week ahead of time, and the Chiefs only got to Frankfurt a few days before the game. Do you think that's had a factor in the game then too? I, yeah, the Chiefs were only arrived on Friday. So, like, that's interesting because they I guess they didn't really care too much about the time change. And the... Time change. But the Chiefs also, but you know, so they they started the game at nine. Basically, they started the game at nine thirty in the morning rather than noon. Era, I guess it was eight thirty in the morning, um, Central Time. Central. Rather, rather yeah. than, um, so it was an early game, but it was a more. I don't know. I think the Chiefs, you know, the training camp starts early, so I think having an early game for a team like that isn't so bad. And I don't yeah. know how much. And maybe being fresher and just not worrying too much and maybe psychologically psyching yourself out about the time change um, has something to do with it. I don't know. They had a great start and then maybe they faded. So maybe they yeah. ran out of gas. I don't, I don't, yeah. Hard to say. This is another thing that, that the two teams did differently anyway that, you know, could have been a factor at least anyway in how the game played out. Yeah. But there was that tale of two halves where it seemed like, well, the, uh, the the it was all Chiefs first half and then all the Dolphins second half, so maybe the Chiefs maybe were there. They, they you know maybe they felt like they were starting out strong and just on adrenaline, and then got tired, and then maybe maybe the Dolphins just kind of gradually went up. I don't. Yeah, it's hard to say. They, what. they made some adjustments and the Chiefs didn't react to them very well. Maybe it may not have mattered. It may have may not have had anything to do with what time they got to the. Yeah. Um, got to Germany or got to the stadium or or whatever. Yeah. It's hard to say whether these are, whether this is actual uh, data that it, and a variable that influences things, or if it's just noise. Uh, that well, you know, the, the Chiefs are also going to like assume that Miami is going to be a team that they may meet again in the playoffs. Maybe they just didn't want to show them too much. I, I think like that's what their I think offense that's is. Possible. It seems like Reed does do that during the season, especially with teams that he's that he may face twice. He's not scheduled to face twice, but he may face twice depending on who they you know draw yeah, in the playoffs. He does that a lot, and I think more than any other team, the Chiefs hide things for the playoffs. And I think partly is because they're always in the playoffs, so there's a lot of playoff 
footage of the Chiefs, so they have they, you know they've they've been forced to show a lot more of their playbook in the playoffs than a lot of these other teams have because they've yeah. played at least two or three games every postseason for the last six five six years now so they have you know a lot of material that's available and other yeah. teams don't have you know I, I i'm not sure what the what the second most playoff games for any team since mahomes has been the starter uh has has been but the it's it's hard you know the Chiefs have played at least they they haven't well, they haven't had a first round playoff exit since um, Alex Smith was the quarterback and they've played at least two three games in the playoffs every year since so yeah so again though if the question is am I worried about the Chiefs no I mean they're a playoff team they've been a playoff team we've seen how they perform in the playoffs and in tight games and against teams that they're supposed to be you know, competitive or possibly lose to, they still seem to come out on top. So, I don't know. If, if you're asking me if the team, if I'm worried about them, no, not at all. Not at all. Are, I'm more worried. worried? I think I'm more worried than you are because I, I do think that the offense, maybe it's not just they're hiding things. Maybe it's gotten a bit stale because it don't, doesn't seem to be a lot of easy throws for Mahomes this year. And maybe it's just that the receivers are too young. And maybe it's just like the secondary was so young last year. Maybe the receivers are really young this year and, and inexperienced with the Chiefs. And so maybe they'll come around. But a lot of those guys were here uh, last year, though. So you'd think that they'd yeah. be better already rather than worse. So it's it's hard to – I don't know. It's hard to say. You'd hope that they would have taken a step forward, some of those guys at least anyway. And yeah, it seems like none maybe of them that happened, but... only Rice has kind of seemed like he's improved as time has gone on. Yeah. But they were, I mean, you know, we're still not the... you know, we're just at basically at the halfway point of the season and the bye week is here now. So it's uh yeah. there's plenty of time to like straighten things out. I mean, even if it's like the first game of the playoffs and they still haven't figured it out, I'm still not super worried until they're like way behind. But even then we've seen the Chiefs come back. In games where they're behind in the last several years in the Mahomes era, yeah, I, I don't even know. It's like halftime when they're down by twenty eight points. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's time to even worry. <laughs> so I don't know. I'd worry halftime down twenty eight, but but <laughs> yeah, even yeah against the you know they they came back against the Texans, they came back against the Titans, they came back against the Forty ers that postseason. They they've. You know, I had thought even when they were way down against the the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl that they still had a chance to come back until the yeah. very end. Since, but they should have been a lot closer to that game because that was one of the things. Where, you know, Tyreek Hill, you know, he dropped stuff and fumbled things uh, for the Chiefs every once in a while. This is what he he ended up doing that uh, for uh, the Dolphins uh, this this week. So he's he's a great 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 player, but he does sometimes make mistakes in clutch moments sometimes he's fantastic in clutch so it's it's hard to it's hard to blame him but you know he gets the ball so many times that every you're gonna you're not gonna be perfect with it every 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 time but um speaking of not perfect with it every time do do we want to talk about our bets this week sure last week <laughs> nice, nice transition there that was good yeah um so on our locks of the week neither of us were completely successful you were a little bit better than I was this week. I believe you were two and one. I was only one and two. Do you want to talk about uh, 
your victories or your loss first, Dr. Scaff? Uh, I throw my loss out there. It's the uh, maddening Pittsburgh uh, team that I just cannot figure out at all. That was... Some win games. Uh, but I had Tennessee plus three at Pittsburgh. I don't think Pittsburgh even played well at all, and they somehow still won. I don't get it. Levis and... has become a pretty good quarterback, it looks like. I think he's yeah. up there with Stroud almost maybe in terms of first year success or could be by the end of the year. But yeah. I he's been much better than Tannehill was this year. He's much better than Willis was last year, that's for sure, in terms of um numbers and being able to throw the ball pretty well. I don't know if he makes the decisions as well as Stroud does, but he's he's a wow. he's a big arm. He's a Josh Allen kind of type, I would say more than um and I think Stroud is that. I keep comparing him with Dak Prescott, but I'm not sure if that's just because they're both black and, and Josh Allen and, and uh, Will Levis are both white. I, I, don't, I don't want to make that 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 determination, but I think it's strong arm quarterback, white, you know, versus good decision making quarterback and who's not especially flashy. I think Prescott though could run the ball more than what Stroud has 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 shown. Stroud maybe is also more maybe more of a Jared Goff type of player, uh, something like that, which is still pretty good. But yeah. um, he's been proven he's proven to be better than Bryce Young, who's too as we thought too tiny to be a good quarterback in the uh, National Football League. He's he's a you know a pocket passer, as we've said in in yes first sense of and not world. not the kind that stands in the pocket. Yeah, C.J. Stroud is a pocket passer who stands in the pocket. Uh, Bryce Young is a pocket passer who would fit in your pocket. Yes, there you go. But uh, so yeah, you, I, I, in, in on our big board, one of the few bright spots I had. You're you're destroying me on the big board uh, when we're betting every game. Uh, but I did sweep that Pittsburgh Tennessee game because I thought Pittsburgh would, would win. I, I I don't understand why Pittsburgh wins, but I'm just going with that Pittsburgh is probably going to win a game against um, a team, and so I'm just I'm just doing that. I refuse to accept that. I will not bet that. They don't make any sense. I'm not going to bet. They have to start <laughs> losing. There has to be a reversion to the mean. It's a not a good team. They cannot win that many games. Yeah, I... But, but apparently I will continue to lose money on those games by having that mentality where I should maybe just go ahead and follow your strategy until until they do start losing. Maybe that should be my strategy with them. Anyway. Yeah, well, I I ended up. We'll talk about our bets next week. I've ended up picking Pittsburgh again this week, um, but yeah. So, uh, but anyway, yes, yeah, so my first bet of the of the week. They actually actually made um, for our locks of the week. I picked a game that ended up being what I think should have been a, a good bet, but Seattle uh, really didn't score enough points to make it even close. I thought that I thought maybe that the Ravens would win, but I thought Seattle would be at least be able to score ten or 20, maybe ten or twenty points in that game. They only scored three. They lost thirty-seven to three to the Ravens. Uh, I picked the Ravens um, Seahawks over forty-two and a half. I think I was on the right side because the number actually went up to forty-four and a half later. So I think I was on the I was on the I was on the I was on the smart money side. Uh, early on but i got the best number but yeah the ravens uh defense just dominated 
and they ran the ball. I think they ran for like 300 yards against the Seahawks and yeah. just had three points. Lamar Jackson only threw for like 100 yards or something like that. He didn't even need to do anything. And it was just, it was just Dobbins and oh, no, it was, it was uh, Gus Edwards and, uh, you know, new guys and like, and Eaton Mitchell, and, nine carries, 138 yards. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can run for nine times for 138 yards, that's pretty good. Yeah. Lamar so, Jackson was 187, but that's still not for passing. Yeah, that's not it. That's I mean, that's not that impressive. It's no, that's about an hour. And he's usually under about he's usually under Well, he didn't need to run it a whole lot either uh, this past week. So he he was yeah. Uh, they just won easily. That's the second straight blowout against a, a, a strong NFC team. Uh, Seattle had beaten the Lions, and uh, but yeah, uh, the previous week Baltimore beat the Lions in thirty-eight to six. They won this week thirty-seven to three. So. I had thought, well, if they, even they blow them out 38 to six, there'd at least be six. If if Seattle had simply scored six points, it would have it would have gotten me over for me. So I I I I you know, of course it's my loss, but I do sort of blame uh Seattle for not showing up. Would you consider blaming Baltimore for the loss? Because they uh took a fourth down kneel down at the Seattle five yard line rather than kicking the field goal. To hit the over, they just turn it over on downs to let uh, Seattle end the game uh, with a you know one one play kneel down. They could have kicked the field goal. They could have kicked the field goal. That would have covered the spread. Yeah, I'm sure they yeah. didn't do it simply to ruin my chances. I didn't even I didn't realize that was the end of it. I I I was. I, I just I just looked it up because I was curious. That, that I was like, well, maybe cool. there was a missed field goal or was there anything that I didn't see. There was. That makes me a little more irritated now. Yeah, oh, so you could blame either team for not getting, you know, one field goal, and yeah, Baltimore had a chance to kick a field goal, but it was a gentlemanly not kicking the field goal. I mean, is it gentlemanly if you only win by thirty-four? But if you win by you thirty-seven, Sean McVay would have kicked that field goal. <laughs> Probably. Uh, anyway, but anyway, I missed that one. I'll blame Sean McVay for another uh, one of my losses in a second, but. Do you want to cover your second choice? Sure. Uh, I had the uh, recently uh, coach transitioned uh, Las Vegas Raiders at minus two and a half against the Giants that I don't know why they have any offense at all. So that uh, well, Tommy DeVito is quarterback. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, and it was uh, Daniel Jones did start. Towards the ACL. So he becomes like the third major-ish quarterback to have torn an ACL this season? Or, or no, Achilles. Oh, other Achilles, two Achilles. And now, now the, the, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. But but still, um, you know, major injury. Uh, yeah, to end Daniel Jones, but maybe that's kind of merciful because he had not been playing that well. Uh, but we had know. both predicted uh, the Giants to take a step back this year, but I don't think either of us thought they'd take this big a step back. But yeah. Antonio Pierce as the new court as the new uh, coach. So let let me let me phrase. So remember when um, Gruden went out a couple of years ago because of his numerous scandals uh, in the 2021 season? We had Rich Bisaccia come in and lead the Raiders to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10-7 record, but then he got passed over for the job for Josh McDaniels. If Pierce does a good job with the Raiders, 
the Raiders, what are they, four and five now? So they're, they're so, yeah. in the thick, really, of the playoff race, if they can win a couple games here and there. If Pierce gets the team close to playoff contention or playoff contention, will he get the job, or will, will Mark Davis do the same thing he did last time and go for another uh, well, outside? Sure yeah. <laughs> Resign McDaniels. <laughs> Maybe uh, he'll bring in um, uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, that makes, uh, I mean, that would make sense because that that, <laughs> would, that would follow the same trend that uh, that got them McDaniel's, right? Because they watched Denver a terrible coach fire yeah. somebody and then grab that guy. Like, uh, yeah, I don't, I think it's dope. Uh, but I'm, yeah, I mean, what they are, they scored the Raiders scored with their highest point total for the season by quite a lot. I think it was, I think 21 was their previous season high, and they hit 30 in this game. So, uh, apparently, you subtract McDaniels and you add a bunch of points. That's not a bad way to, to go in one week. One thirty to six. So, the one by 24. This oh, was another geez. one of the games where we ended up on the big board sweeping because we, we picked the same things and we both thought, I think, that the, this is even before Daniel Jones went down. We thought that the Raiders yeah. would cover. Uh, I think yeah. usually that first cut game with an interim coach is always a very good sort of bounce back. So even Jeff Saturday won his first game against these same Raiders, of course. Uh, you can think about the Romeo Cornell game when the uh, Chiefs beat uh, the heavily favored Green Bay Packers uh, that season. So yeah. and that was a really bad season, too. I think, wasn't that the year the Packers won the Super Bowl? Was it the year they won the Super Bowl? It was... So. But what uh, was the Chiefs record that year? Two and fifteen or three and fourteen, something like that. Thirteen, something like yeah. Something like that, yeah. But they got one of those wins with with Cornell, right? So yeah, yeah. It was so, um, yeah. So the Raiders, you know, speak speaking of, um, we mentioned Sean McVay earlier. Uh, maybe not worry about covering the spread. He did not even come close to covering the spread. This game, and that was because Matthew Stafford was there. I didn't realize Stafford, I thought he was still going to play. I didn't realize he was going to be out. I guess his thumb has been uh, worse off than, than people thought. Uh, wasn't it Brett Rippon who gave, got the start? And yeah. Longer a Ram as of tonight because now the Rams have brought in Carson Wentz as their new quarterback, uh, at least maybe long term uh, or short term starter while Stafford heals, or maybe longer term starter if he stays out for a while uh but the rams lost to green bay 20 to 3 they were they were three point underdogs which i thought was surprising because i thought the rams would do better but without yeah. a quarterback to throw the ball um even mark rippon's nephew i guess couldn't get the job done so the rams lost 23 i don't have much to say about about that game i didn't watch it but it was ugly yeah, that's that's pretty bad, especially the the Green Bay Packers team that neither of us think much of. No, either. we don't. <laughs> so that's not very. You know, I'm betting against Green Bay next week, and uh, so uh, as part of my locks of the week. So will you start betting against the Rams now too, because they cost you this bet, or because you don't think that they can win without Stafford? Oh, and I by just... the way, they they didn't just demote Rippin from starting quarterback; they actually released him from the monster. <laughs> Yeah, he's gone. I maybe he's on the practice squad or will be on the practice squad, but yeah, he has gone completely in place. Yeah. Um, 
in his place. Now we have Carson Wentz, who we thought probably should have a job somewhere in the league at the beginning of the season, but now he's finally uh, getting a, maybe a chance to start here with the with the Rams. Maybe he can come in like Baker Mayfield did last year and maybe win a game here and there uh, early on for those Rams. Um, I think we talked about the Rams being a potential spot for Wentz. Yeah. Um, when we did our quarterback special before the season started. Pretty yeah, sure that, they, was, that was on the list. They didn't have much of the backup position, and we thought that was a weakness and maybe something the Rams should have addressed more, but they didn't really. So earlier, so they wouldn't have to go through this now, right? I guess they have Stetson Bennett on the on the roster somewhere. Maybe they didn't want to. Maybe he's not ready. He's just sort of he's sort of a Johnny he's sort of a Johnny Manziel type, I think. Really uh, good in college, but sort of a drunk and uh, a jerk, and maybe maybe somewhere between Baker Mayfield and Manziel. In terms isn't of, he like super old? Isn't he like already getting his AARP cards and stuff? Twenty six, I think, something like that, for a recent college graduate. That's not so good, but but yeah, it wasn't like he was. Yeah, you know, he. It wasn't like he was like taking a lot of graduate sociology courses or something like that. He wore, uh, you know, bio. He wasn't a biochemistry major like you, Doctor Scaff. He was, I think, just a, a you know, a, a frat boy kind of type who uh got to go to college for seven years and you know was just you know because like play football and just get drunk at everybody's house and and you know and and things like that so i think that's i think that's that's embedded i think he's a little bit he's manzelish more than he even more than mayfieldish who hasn't been the, the greatest either but um well we really have no idea who's going to be starting this coming week for the rams but it, it could be once it could it could be Bennett, it could I mean it could be um Stafford could be Bennett. so like yeah. really it could be could be anybody as far as we know like we you know so uh, making bets on um the Rams may not be a great idea for either of us today maybe we should wait until yeah closer to game time to actually make that decision on those games but we'll talk about our bets a little bit later in the show yes how about your th- Third bet, which is another win for you. Third pick was on the uh, Monday night game. I didn't want to watch, but I did watch part of it. <laughs> uh, I have the Chargers minus three at the Jets. Uh, the Chargers defense was better than the Jets defense, I guess, and uh, scored more points because both offenses were horrible. Like, horrible. <laughs> it was a terrible game. But but the Chargers won pretty handily and uh, covered that three-point spread by quite a lot. I don't think it was even close. AFC West teams against New York teams, both the AFC West teams covered. What the AFC West is becoming a little bit more competitive now with uh, you know Denver winning against the Chiefs and then the the Raiders and the Chargers both approaching five hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's maybe maybe the maybe the AFC West could, could sneak a play a second playoff team in there take it away from the uh afc north which is dominating the wild card right now and i think the afc east probably also thinks that they can get at least two playoff teams yeah with with buffalo and miami but yeah the afc north but all the teams are at least two games over 500 even though i think we both think that pittsburgh's really a fraud i don't think either of us think since uh either of us think cleveland is very good but i think the ravens and the bengals both could be very good. Is that is that your assessment of that of that division? I think so too. Yeah. 
thought you were going to use that as a lead-in for your third pick. Well, I am. I am. I, I, I thought that Cleveland uh, was a good team, but I don't think they're a great team. Uh, so I didn't bet them. I, I I didn't bet the spread in the Cleveland Arizona game, but I did bet the under. I thought that Cleveland would win easily, but I didn't think they'd score a ton of points against Arizona's defense. I didn't see where Arizona was going to score many points at all. They scored actually zero points. Uh, they lost. 20- yeah, they did, they did not. <laughs> they lost twenty-seven to nothing. The over/under was thirty-seven and a half, and I picked the under, so that was a comfortable, comfortably under. Uh, to paraphrase uh, Pink Floyd. Comfortably, comfortably numb watching yes. that game. I I was yeah I didn't watch that game I would have been uh, I would have needed to be comfortably numb under some sort of uh, happy drug to really enjoy that game especially with Deshaun Watson as as quarterback but I feel if I was on a drug he would have taken advantage <laughs> of me so I didn't care for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you heard it here first. <laughs> we're we all we're, we're all thinking it. We 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 we're we're not in the Deshaun Watson uh, 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 business on 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 this uh, on this. Uh, no. Did but, you feel bad about winning on that then? Because it was Cleveland contributed to your victory. No, because it was under. So like it was it was <laughs> under. So like it was because neither team was successful enough. So I've. You know, it was it was a Cleveland defensive match. I have nothing against the defense on Cleveland. Yeah, Miles um, Garrett's a great player, even if he's sort of a jerk on the field sometimes. Uh, but you know, with the Mason Rudolph uh, helmet, <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, there's no. I have Denzel Ward's a great cornerback. I, there's there's a lot. They have a good. They have some good players on the defense. But there's you know, so I don't, and it's not the defense's fault that the quarterback is is. Um, Sean Watson, so but yeah, those so I was one and two, you were two and one. I believe that has narrowed our gap. I believe now through nine weeks, I am 14 and 13 in my locks of the week, slightly above 500. You are 13 and 14, slightly below 500. So we're, we're, um, like we were last year, we were, we were within a game of one another. I think we were even closer last year. There was a tie one of us had, so. I believe yeah. you won. Or I landed on a push one week or something. And then the, yeah. uh, so now we're we're a, a one apart. Um yeah. on our big board bets, you dominated me once again, and I am minus five over five thousand, I believe, this season. The last five weeks have been very unkind to me, and yeah. you are up about uh, two thousand. Just right. shy of two grand, yeah, for the season. This is my best week for the individual picks, at least anyway, of the weeks. Yeah, I was at like almost fourteen, almost fourteen hundred dollars on the, which is like thirty something percent, I think, for the for the return, at least anyway, which is not so bad for seventy three percent correct picks. I will take that every time if I can get it. 71%. Maybe I'll just copy you next week. Or maybe I think you'll have to regress to the mean. So I will I will continue probably my own uh windmill tilting that uh, that's been going on. I, I have I have led this kind of fool's errand to try to uh uh beat uh Las Vegas, but 
um, by betting every game has not been good. If I, if I concentrate on my regular, on my my top three, I'm yeah. doing at least above 500. So if I can continue that, that might be the approach uh, for me. And to maybe go. if I threw out my top three, think how great you'd be. be better. We might we might both improve, right? Yes. <laughs> It's a pretty odd way that that's worked out anyway, right? That's I apparently I'm not good at picking confidence, but pretty good at picking everything, I guess. But I, yeah, strange. We, we, yeah, at least we both did. It seems like pick the correct World Series winner, and that was the Texas Rangers. He won in five games over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Anything you take away from uh, this 2023 World Series? Are you you're happy that we're? I think we're both happy the Rangers won. Uh, do you think the Rangers have a good shot at making it again next year? Is this the start of a possible uh, dynasty, or is this sort of a one-and-done thing, do you think? Well, they, they started spending a lot more money, I think, two seasons ago. So they, I mean, it seems like they're trying to build a team that they're going to try to keep together. Um, so, I think yeah, they certainly should be competitive the next several years, um, you know, as long as they're willing to spend money and be effective with the money that they're spending too, not not uh, wasting it too much on, you know, overpriced, underperforming players like the Yankees used to do at times, or still have done maybe recently, and yeah. maybe are continuing to do. Uh, but I think you, you and I were both uh, rooting for uh, them to win because they would have been the became their first World Series victory. Like yes. I've got a trivia question for you here based on what exactly one World Series victoried franchises. There are three others franchises, MLB franchises that have won exactly one World Series. Exactly one World Series. Can you name them? The clue that I will give you is they are all from this century. All right. The, I... the first victories occurred in this century. Okay, I think the Angels have won one, but not any others. That's my They're first. They won in L. They won in two thousand two. Yeah. Okay. Let me think. Let me think. I don't think the Padres have won the World Series yet. They have not. The gone gone to two. They have lost them both. I'm thinking about the Astros. They've they might have won more though than two. They've won what one more than one, I think, now. I think they've won the Astros, they won like three times recently, right? They won like two recently. Yeah, yeah. So they're not they're not no no, it's only two recently, yeah. They won two. They've been in a lot, but they've they've they they've, went, yeah. Um, but they've won it's two. We have, let's see, the, not the Marlins, they've won two. The Diamondbacks have won one. They've won one. They won They won the Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson year in 02, when the, or 01, when they beat the, uh, when they beat the Yankees. Yep. So that's the second one, I think. And then they went to this one, but did not win, so they. Yes. Stuck on one, and then yeah. the Rays, I guess, are the third. Uh, they did not win one, they went to two. I thought, and they, they, won, I thought they won one. No. Okay, mm-hmm. they haven't won. Um, so I'm missing that third team then. I was yeah. thinking the 
Um, it's pretty recent. Pretty, pretty recent. Oh, within the oh, last. The, oh, the Nationals, of course, the Nationals. Yeah. Uh, slash Expos. That was that was an easy one. Yes. I should. That one. Yeah. That one. I should have gotten. Um, but you just skipped over it mentally. I'm yeah, right. I, I guess I was. Yeah, I was. I was thinking that they were all going to be uh, expansion teams in the West. So that's why I was thinking West Coast, and then I thought, oh yeah, the Marlins are yeah. the the Rays are expansion teams, so maybe they've only won once. But I forgot about the Expos slash Nationals. That a little bit one. older franchise than than you were probably looking yes, for. I knew the Mariners hadn't won yet. The correct. I, so the Brewers have they won? Like they have. They have not. They, have not they didn't the win. Seattle Pilots slash Milwaukee Brewers. No. Yeah, they've been in the World Mar- Series. The Mariners are the only team that haven't even gone to the World Series, though. Yeah, that's too bad for those Mariners. They had that great season in two thousand one as well, when they had like one hundred and sixteen wins or something like that. Twenty, right? Like that. It was a round. Lot. I think in the first round. First round, yeah. And then the Rockies, the other franchise that hasn't won, but they they went to one. In well, they lost to the Red Sox in one of the World Series. In, in, that's right. It's two thousand seven. Yeah, I think we lost those Red Sox to that series. Yeah. Well, should we jump on? on to... Yeah, let's move on to our picks. We don't have the Chiefs playing this week. They have the bye. Um, they play yeah, against some other really strong teams. So this this week becomes a little bit strange. Miami and Philadelphia both have buys, yeah. as as do the Rams. So maybe this is some yeah. time. You know, maybe Wentz could get acclimated by the time. The game uh, next week rolls around, or two weeks from now rolls around, or maybe Stafford will be healed enough for that uh, to happen too. But yeah, so a lot of good teams. Three, three of the top teams in the NFL. Probably, I would say maybe three out of the top five or six teams in the NFL right now um, are on the bye. So I think I think even though Miami lost to the Chiefs, they're still a really good team, and yeah. Um, but Absolutely. so, uh, what? So, what? What? What are your? Uh, are there any games? We'll talk. We'll talk about our bets first. Then we can talk about any games that we're looking forward to because I think the primetime games are pretty uh, not so great this coming week. Like it was a few weeks. There was a couple weeks ago. There was a, a slate of of really bad primetime games, and this last week had fantastic matchups in each of the time slots. And or at least what thought what we thought to be, I think people thought Seattle Baltimore was going to be a good game. That turned out to uh, be terrible. Yeah, but, yeah. but but Philadelphia and um, and Dallas tried to be a good game. As mm-hmm. did Cleveland. As did as did Cincinnati uh, against Buffalo. That turned out to be a pretty game, good game too. So they were both yeah. pretty close. So but not but not super high scoring though, right? Wasn't that that one stayed worry, really yeah. low? Didn't it? it wasn't very high scoring. I worry about Cincinnati. Yeah. I think, I think maybe they've they've come uh, to life. I did not bet uh, Cincinnati uh, for this uh, next week. They're playing against Houston, but the, you made a bet in that game. I do have. I am taking Cincinnati minus six and a half versus so at home against Houston. You don't think Stroud can repeat his four hundred seventy yard performance? So that's where I think that it's if he had. If he had that performance in the Cincinnati game, 
it might it might work. But I think if he had because I had it the week before, the Cincinnati defense has that there's a whole week to prepare for what he just did. That's what I, I'm. I don't like Cincinnati, and I don't want to see them do well. But I just assume this is where they start beating teams handily, and that's kind of what I expect to see happening here. Is that do you see that game differently, or is that uh, what your expectations? No, I, I, I think I, I'm not sure. I think Houston can keep it close, but I think Cincinnati will win. So. If I had to go, if I had to go one way, I'd say Cincinnati by a touchdown. So that's a little bit over six and a half. So, yeah. so that's where I would lean. But I, yeah, I was not one of my locks. Um, I ended up going with an, a, a, another team that vexes you, maybe even more than Cincinnati, because Cincinnati you're worried about on the football field. You're worried about about the Pittsburgh Steelers in our betting uh, competition because you can't ever seem to get them right. They are playing the aforementioned Green Bay Packers uh, at home uh, at Acrisure uh, Stadium, storied Acrisure Stadium, uh, formerly <laughs> field. Yes. But uh, the Steelers are favored by th- three over Green Bay, which seems very disrespectful that they're only favored by three at home over Green Bay because Green Bay is A, terrible, and B, on the road, and Three points is what you get as being the home team, really. So they see these teams as relatively even, which I know that Pittsburgh has been kind of up and down, but Green Bay's been mostly down. And I don't think they're gonna I don't think there's any chance that Green Bay is gonna win two in a row. So this is this is my biggest I think this is my biggest lock of the locks. So I'll probably of course I'll probably uh this is probably my biggest lock. This is if I had a giant lock, I would put it on the table. Yeah, see, that that would be the one that I would, you know, put the tiny, tiny, tiniest lock I could find. If I had to, if all the games had locks of increasing sizes, this would be the small, because these are the two teams that I can't seem to figure out at all. Like, I've bet on the Packers a few times, and I've lost. I've bet against the Packers a few times, and I've lost. And I've bet against um, Pittsburgh a lot, and I've lost both. (laughs) So, I've done pretty well when I bet on Pittsburgh. So I'm betting on Pittsburgh to win over Green Bay by at least a field goal. So that's my lock. Maybe this week I will join you. My Find lock me. of locks. What if if I end up joining you? Will you flee from your lock of the week and pick the other on the big board? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. I like Pittsburgh minus three over Green Bay. I don't know about the over under or the money lineup. I'm gonna do Pittsburgh, of course, too. If I pick things to win, so I'm not sure about the yeah. over under, but. Uh, I like Pittsburgh over Green Bay as my as my first lock of the week. But Did also my lock, of, my lock of locks. If I had a giant safe to put locks in, I would. The safe would be the Steelers over. Wow! Green. Wow! <laughs> wow! How about your second lock of the week? Well, you don't I have think... you don't have to rank your locks in order of. Yeah, um, I think my. Third. Next two picks, I'm much more confident in my first one. Uh, I've got Indy minus one and a half at New England. Uh, it's another one of those things where, like, Indy seems like they can score no matter who their quarterback is. And their defense is pretty decent. And New England doesn't seem to be able to do anything. I don't know what they're so, doing. It's another game in Germany, so that could also maybe 
It throw, is throw, maybe throwing off. off. But I, 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 I don't have a feel one way or the other for that game. So I'm not against what you're saying. I just, I have no feel. It's like, I think you're probably like, you had no feel about the Pittsburgh Green Bay. Um, yeah. I have no feel about Indianapolis, uh, New England. So I, I would probably just go against you just to see if I can catch up uh, on the big yeah. board. But I will probably just lose more ground since you, you're, you've been right more often than you, you've been wrong. Although not on your locks of the week. True. So um, my second lock of the week is a team that also has been doing poorly lately, but I think is uh, a strong team. They're also coming off a bye this week. Uh, that is San Francisco over Jacksonville. They're going to Jacksonville. They're three-point underdogs to the Jags, who have won, I think, five in a row. But I don't think the Jaguars are very good. Even though their record is strong, I still don't think they're that great. I think the 49ers are one of the top four or five teams in the NFL. So I think the 49ers aren't going to lose four games in a row. I can't see that happening. Um, So I see them winning over the Jags. or maybe the three point the three point favorites over the Jags the three point favorites. So I, I see them like winning road favorites. Road favorites. I see them winning by more than I don't know more than a field goal. I think that I think when the when the 49ers win they tend to win big, and so I, I like the 49ers over Jacksonville. Even though I think Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, uh, Christian Kirk, all those guys, uh, Calvin Ridley are are all good players, but I don't see how the I think the defense is okay at Jacksonville, but. The Chiefs, I remember playing in Jacksonville. They played a relatively subpar game, I thought. And that, yeah. that game was pretty comfortable the whole time. I think the 49ers are willing to show more than what the Chiefs were willing to show. And I think they will um, come out on top by a, at least a touchdown. But I'm only favoring them with minus three. So you only need four, right? So yeah. two safeties. Two safeties. Game, and then back-to-back safeties. Yeah finishes it up or a, field, or a field goal and a two-point conversion safety uh that's a one-point safety would would also uh, yeah a blocked extra point that's returned the other way and then dropped and then the other team recovers in the end zone or a blocked extra point and the recovery man gets it in the field of play but then runs back for some reason into his own end zone and the Ooh. offense uh um, tackles in there, so they would get one point for that safety. Uh, so the defense can get one point on a two-point conversion, and the offense can also get one point on a two-point conversion if they play the group. But I don't think there's ever been a one-point safety in the NFL. We haven't talked about this as a possibility. Yeah. But, that's pretty uh, awesome. Yeah. Not that I've ever even considered that as being a possibility, so that's that's pretty funny. So technically, you could only score one point in a football game, but it's extremely, extremely rare and difficult just difficult to do it doesn't happen that doesn't mean a blocked extra point doesn't happen hardly ever really but i I guess a two-point conversion that fails and then the defense kind of fumbles it out of the end zone or something a touchback or something like that could be a safety that could be a there could be a you know weird little thing like that that could turn into a safety but yeah but that's still it's still very unusual yeah, yeah. I mean, it, extraordinary 
circumstance to produce that result. I would prefer that the I would prefer that just the it would be a more comfortable. I don't have to rely on a one point safety for the 49ers to cover the three points. I'd rather them just have just uh you know win a blowout outright over Jacksonville, uh, which I think is is possible. I think if but the way the 49ers have been playing, maybe Purdy is turning into a pumpkin before our eyes. So we'll see. But um I still I think he'll bounce back. I think he's a good quarterback. So that's my um, second uh, lock. How about your third lock? Are they going third... in order of lockiness, or are they just sort of? I think uh... so. I think so. I don't know. I don't think intentionally, but I think it actually has worked out that way. But I'm going to one of those um, ugly primetime games uh, for my third pick. Uh, I've got uh, Raiders plus one and a half against the New York. Jets. Uh, I mean, against the New York team. The Chargers against the Jets last week, so it seems only, you know, easy at least anyway to just pick against the Jets with another AFC West team, who seems to be on the way up, and the Jets seem to be on the way. I don't know where they're going, but it's not up. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'll I'll take that uh, Raiders plus one and a half all the time. I think. I think of the bets that you've made, that's the one I like the most because I I do think that the Raiders will probably I don't I guess I do I don't really trust Aiden O'Connell very much. Yeah. But but I think that Josh McDaniels is more of a weight on the team and being him just him being gone helps the Raiders a lot. And I think there's still a little bit of that afterglow week two. Um, maybe there's not quite as much as there was week one, but it's only one and a half points. So I think, right. you know, I think I think the Raiders could win by touchdown, and that could, uh, or even just a field goal, and that would that would cover it. Yeah, um, they could even lose by a point, but still cover that spread. <laughs> I'm I'm betting on another cross country matchup for my third bet, um, and that is Seattle minus six at home over Washington. Um, I don't think Washington can make that big road trip. I think Seattle's probably going to bounce back after being embarrassed. Um, at Baltimore last week, I don't. I I, th- I think you know Seattle's one of the toughest places to play in the NFL. It's a very long trip for Washington, and so I like I like Seattle. Uh, they're favored by six, which is quite a few points, but I think I think they win by at least a touchdown or two. Uh, and so I like I like that uh, Seattle minus six at home over Washington, even against the number two quarterback in the league, Mike. Even against the number two passing. Yardage quarterback in the league, Samuel Howell the third, or <laughs> Thurston Howell the fourth. Uh, I I I like I like that. I like the um, I like the Seahawks. There are there any other games that you're interested in watching this week? Are there any good matchups? Well, I think the San Francisco Jacksonville is a good one. Yeah, I mean the Cleveland, Cleveland Baltimore game is kind of pretty important, I guess, at least for the division and probably the playoff picture. I don't like either of those teams. I don't know that I really want to watch the game, but you know. Yeah. I think the Monday night game, Denver Buffalo, could actually turn out to be somewhat interesting because I think Denver is turning it around and I think Buffalo desperately needs a win. So yeah. uh, that could be an okay game. It's way better than the Sunday night matchup, that's for sure. The 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 Raiders uh Jets uh matchup. The Jets have been on Sunday night football so many times because they thought, well, Aaron Rodgers is gonna play for the Jets and they're gonna always be in contention, but uh that didn't happen. And do you think the league will start flexing games earlier in the season 
rather than just reserving the flex uh, positions later in the year. I think they should. I think they should probably. Well, I think they. I think they probably should. I think they should start. Or maybe maybe. it will be called like the Aaron Rodgers rule. Yeah, <laughs> for <can>. future. <laughs> or like certain teams can like they'd say, well, this team is not. I I give them eight weeks. And rather than start, they start like week 12 or 13, I think, for the flex. I, I'd maybe start in week, I'd maybe start midway, at least, maybe week nine. Week, at least this is week 10. I, I would have started by now. Oh, did, uh, did you did you hear um, Aaron Rodgers' self-proclaimed uh, return expectation? And then he later clarified, saying like, okay, that was a little, you know, optimistic. Three... Fortnites is his new estimate. Six weeks, huh? <laughs> but that was what he used was three Fortnites. Three Fortnites. <laughs> well, maybe maybe he thought he was talking to Kyler Murray and was talking about three Fortnite game lengths. Uh and uh so I don't know how long uh, I think but I think Kyler Murray's more of a Call of Duty guy than a Fortnite guy. Isn't that isn't that his uh game of choice? That was the uh, report about his performance and the release date of <laughs> Call of Duty. Like uh, up when Call of Duty comes out, he is not as effective. I don't. He's he's <laughs> speaking of Murray, He is coming back this week for the Cardinals. Do you think uh, he's going to be effective? That's maybe that's one reason why Dobbs got traded is because we knew Kyler Murray was going to come back in a week or two, mm-hmm. and uh, the. the the Arizona Cardinals are going to be playing the Atlanta Falcons in a matchup of bird teams. Do you think yes. the uh, Falcons will beat the Kyler Murray-led Cardinals, or or the Cardinals now are kind of an average team again because they have uh, Murray at quarterback? Well, I mean, average is an improvement in this case. Then is that right? Yeah. So they become mediocre um, rather than so being. Uh, yeah. God awful, or what was the what was the phrase you were going to use there? I said way below mediocre. I don't. Oh, I don't know. way below mediocre. Okay, yes. No. I thought you were going to go like way, way down, like third per maybe third percentile, something like that. Two yeah. Stand- um, below. Yeah, me. I mean, if they're, if they're uh, you know a mediocre team, then I think either team really has a shot. I think the line on that game is only one and a half points, so it's not. Uh, Atlanta's favored, but it's you know it's a close game. I if I had to think, I picked I picked the Cardinals in that game. I don't yeah, I might. I mean, it might. Yeah, I don't, we don't know. We don't know what kind of shape he's in though. So I guess that's the only thing we just don't quite understand. But he's been effective in the past, and anytime you can start, you know, throw a you know a run first or at least run option guy out there, there's a you know a dynamic chance for just about anything to happen in the course of a game. So and Atlanta's not. Uh, you know, a fantastic team, but they've played pretty well on the season. Is Heineke going to start again? Do you think, or is it going to be I Ritter again? Think so, but their their defense is pretty decent, but it's you know against uh, you know a dynamic quarterback. So it's, this is going to be you know more of a test for Atlanta's defense than they've probably been up against recently. So I don't know. We'll see. But I don't know. I think I think I would like you. I think I would actually pick Arizona just because of that dynamic possibility of what Tyler Murray can bring to a game. Although the team may not want him to do that if they're trying to lose. Did you know that Arizona is 
leading uh, the entire NFL in strength of victory. Even though they only won one game, they have a a 625 uh, percentage in the strength of victory department. Wow. I would not have guessed that. That's because they beat that's because they beat the Dallas Cowboys as their only victory. Uh, they're 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 625. Um, the Chiefs have a 508 strict the victory, which is one of the top ones. Uh, in the uh, in uh, the uh, AFC, it is the Houston Texans with a 576 strength of victory uh, that is um, leading. So the teams with the highest strength of victory margins, neither of them are in the playoffs if the season ended today. So I, w- the- I wonder how much you should take that into a, you know, consideration as being an important stat. <laughs> yeah. The- well, the Miami Dolphins have the lowest strength of victory in the entire NFL, even slightly below the New York Giants' strength of victory. Uh, they're two. Well, and that in uh, that show, that I mean, that has you know proven like when they've played good teams, they've lost to them and. I think most of their victories have come against teams that are not good at all. So, yeah, I guess that, I mean, that makes sense that that yeah. stat would be unfavorable. If the Chargers start to win more games, the, the Dolphins will look better. I think yeah. also the Broncos start to win more games, they'll look better too. So I think those are some of the, so in the, um, yeah, the AFC is, is it seems like, Pretty much every team, maybe except for the Patri- Patriots, who are two and seven, are probably still in the playoff hunt. They're only they're only two games. They're they're uh, only one of the only one AFC uh, team is more than two games out of the final playoff spot. Mm. In the NFC, uh, there are one, two, three, four, four teams. Five teams that are more than two games out of the final playoff spot. Mm. So it seems like the AFC is pretty bunched. And again, I think this also shows that the AFC is a better conference top to bottom than uh, the NFC, which I think is what we we, we had known going in. They have better quarterbacks uh, play. And that's basically kind of what dictates um, how good your team is, how good your quarterback is. Um. Speaking of good teams, uh, is it time for uh, our uh, Scaff Worman uh, uh, Alliance to uh, wrap up this week's Warren, Warren Trek Power Hour? I think so. Yeah, we 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 avoided talking about the sixteen and a half point spread of Dallas and uh, the New York Giants. You know, especially if Tommy DeVito plays quarterback, that 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 sixteen and a half might be a little bit low. But I want to I want to wait a little longer before I before I. Uh, make a pick for our, our big board but yeah. um but in the meantime um you have anything else to add uh no 16 and a half doesn't seem like it's enough that's what i'm thinking right now <laughs> 26 and a half if it was 26 and a half you might still consider it i don't i don't know i mean we'll have to look up see what the alternate spreads are on that game and and uh no, we'll, man, talk about, we'll talk about that we'll talk about that next week maybe we can we can uh, talk about it for next week's morning trip power, especially if Dallas wins big. How much uh, money we could, or if they lost, you know, we, we, maybe somebody bet big on Dallas and uh, lost a lot of money. 
or just Dallas on the money. Like, like if Dallas loses, somebody bet like a like ten grand or a hundred grand on Dallas on the money line to like win like one dollar. Um, minus fifteen hundred is what it. Minus fifteen hundred is what the line is right now. You bet fifteen hundred dollars to win one hundred dollars. Yeah, but for us, if we bet a hundred dollars, well, we're gonna win like one hundred four or something. Yeah, it's not even worth doing. You might as well put it. Oh, I don't know. That's, I mean, that is an option for like uh, the way we do our bets on our big board. That you know, that is a strategy, and maybe something that you know you're in catch-up mode. Maybe that's something you want to try. But might, you know, you'll get down. You know, if, if it loses, you only end up down a little over a hundred dollars. But if you win, you'll be up. You know, nine hundred bucks on that. Nine hundred seventy dollars on the. Uh, I need on- it. I need it. I don't know. I, you're 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 gonna you're gonna get me in desperation mode, and I'm gonna either claw my way back sort of into it or more likely just fall farther and farther and farther you're gonna have to start wondering if i'm encouraging you to do that which yes i I, I don't want you to psych me out so i i think we should end uh this week's morning trip power before uh any of these macho head games uh can uh continue um (laughs) is he mandelbaum uh style Um, yeah these macho head games but Anyway, uh, that's enough Macho Head Games for for this week here at the One Trick Power Hour. I, as as always, am Dr. Michael Warman. He, Esquire. He, as always, is Dr. Andrew Scaff. We, as always, are the One Trick Power Hour. Please like and or subscribe to our podcast slash YouTube channel. And, you know, there are hundreds of I think there are probably hundreds of episodes now on the Orange Power. I think we've probably done over a hundred, right? You think? I think I think we are over hundred, yeah. So there's there's hours and hours and hours of entertainment uh, that, of course, is not dated at all uh, based on uh, previous weeks. We we can always you can always find little, little nuggets on uh, you know old timey uh, sports or random um, uh, bits of Arcana, but. And macho head games. And macho head games. So many macho head games here at the uh, <laughs> our, uh But we, we we need to put a stop to those right now. And um, until next week, uh, we hope your teams uh, do well this weekend. Or even if they're on a, even if they're on a bye, we hope that there's uh, maybe some injury healing and uh, regrouping going on. And uh, we'll see you back next week for another exciting episode. And until then, we will bid you. Good day.